Assalamu alaikum everyone. I know, I know, I said the last episode might be my last episode. But then all these amazing, amazing women reached out to me and they wanted to record podcasts together and talk about everything related to money. I will be actually asking them if I can have those podcast episodes also put on my platform. So I did a podcast with Momming Wild Muslim, which is an amazing team of Seba and Usma. I did another podcast with a physician woman who's also talking about money, Money Fit, MD. And then I did another podcast with another friend. And I will be asking all of them if I can put the episodes here as well. And this is another amazing friend that I met this year. Amazing, amazing work that she's doing with the Wafa House in New Jersey helping women empower them helping them come out of difficult situations and really getting back on their feet and i really wanted her to come on the podcast and talk about buffa house talk about the events that buffa house does in new jersey and otherwise and all the amazing work that she's doing as an individual in the organization so Jessica, I'm so glad I got to meet her. We met at a Moxie Living retreat this year and we're actually going for another retreat with all the networks that we made. So Momming While Muslim uh, retreat will be in October in DC area. And then there is another event with the Bafa House on September 24th and it's a mom and daughter event. It's about generational trauma and how to tackle that. And I'm really excited for that. And I'll be, you know, networking and meeting a lot of new amazing women again. So I know I'm just so close to all these folks that I just want to talk about them as my friends. But Jessica, let me tell you a little bit about her. So Jessica is the creator and she's the driving force behind the Women in Leadership Network at Wafa House. She was named Network Champion. Jessica believes in the power of manifesting your dreams by creating laser-focused strategy, investing in yourself, putting in the work, and giving yourself time. And she's also had her setbacks in life and where she learned how to exercise the power pivot and really implement the arrow effect to utilize the law of attraction. And she is an amazing lady who attributes her source of resilience from the strong and experienced women who surround her, guide her, and encourage her as well. Jessica is a first-generation Arab-American Muslim. She has a master's degree in leadership and public administration from Centauri University. She's also a graduate of the State University of New York with her BA in Education Psychology. And this is new. She's been accepted into the Yale School of Executive Management Women's Leadership Program. And it will be sponsored by Wafa House. She has over 20 year experience as a social worker for public sector and state of New Jersey. She has taken up a new role as diversity, equity and inclusion program manager for Rite Aid Corporate. And she is remote employee. She has three kids of her own and she really loves dedicating her time with uh, spending it with her family her kids and uh, focusing on her career and really helping um, uplift other women in the area as well so I, I know it's, it's just 
you can't say enough. But this is a conversation we had on Power Pivot and how we can utilize those to really achieve our goals. So before further ado, I will let you guys listen in on our conversation. So I am super excited for this podcast this week. First of all, okay, one of the best things that has happened this year is me attending the Moxie Living Retreat and then really meeting my friend Jessica here today, honestly, and learning about Vafa House, which is right here in New Jersey and all the work that you guys are involved in. I honestly cannot thank you enough for everything that you do. And I'm so honored that I got to meet you and learn about Buffa House and everything associated with you guys. I'll start with you asking you to please introduce yourself and then we'll go talk about your topic. And this topic is my favorite topic in the whole wide world. So I'm just super excited and ready to learn everything you have to offer. Thank you, Dr. Saima. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Thank you for having us. My name is Jessica Elgamil. I am the Women in Leadership Network Champion at Wafa House. Tell us more. Where do you live? Do you have kids? What do you do? Sure. So I live in Lyndhurst, New Jersey. I have three children. They, they span in age. My son is 13. My daughter is three. And my last daughter is one year old. Mashallah. I, yeah, mashallah. They've uh, they've been keeping me busy the the last few years through the pandemic. So, yeah, I I've been a social worker for the I would say almost twenty years, and for the last ten of those twenty years, I worked with the state of New Jersey. I recently transitioned my career. I made a power po- power pivot move and decided that I really wanted to be able to spend more quality time with my growing family. So I left the state of New Jersey and I started working with Waffle House. I started creating a network of women to support each other through different kinds of transitions. And then recently started working as the manager of diversity, equity, and inclusion at Rite Aid Corporate. I'm working fully remote and it was one of my goals. It was one of the strategies that I had implemented into my goal of having more quality time with my family, because I knew that, you know, that was going to give me, give me that balance. And so I spend the majority of my time um, working with, you know, my, my young children growing, you know, in their growing stages and their development and um, working with the Women in Leadership Network and also just being able to connect and network with all these amazing women that I've been able to meet through organizations like Wapa House as well as um, the Moxie Living um, the Moxie Living Network, which is how I met you at the retreat back in uh, back in June. Yes. Oh my God. So tell me what is power pivot? This is the first time I actually am seeing it like this, put it that way. The power pivot is something that I just kind of put together when I was thinking about how can women, and I say women because women have a lot on our shoulders when it comes to making decisions. We carry the burden of the home, the family, the health insurance, the finances at times. We are responsible for a plethora of resources that are coming not only into our home, but out of our home. 
So I say women because, you know, we, we have a lot to think about when we make a decision, when we want to make a change, when we want to transition in our life. And for that reason, we as women are cautious and we try to be safe when we make major decisions, big decisions like a career change, like a marriage, like a divorce, like a move. And and these things have been happening a lot um, over the past few years after the pandemic. You know, people have decided that they wanted to change their career. They wanted to change their their home. It was maybe too small. Maybe they realized that you know, the environment that they were living in during that pandemic was not the environment that they that they had thought they were living in. Waffle House saw a spike in domestic violence over those past two years during the pandemic because people were in isolation and they were in isolation not only with themselves, but with their with their abusers. And it became the situation became even worse. So we we really had a call to action when it came to the pandemic and post-pandemic. And I say women because, again, women are responsible to keep that family together. And what we do at Waffle House, Waffle House has been in operation for over 18 years trying to preserve the family through intervention and education. And what we've been doing at Waffle House for the last few years is trying to keep these families together as much as we could. Of course, domestic violence situations, we, we don't, you know, we, we don't look at it with the same lens. But our mission and our goal is always to preserve the family. And Waffle House, as you know, is a Muslim organization with Muslim bylaws, and we've been working with the Muslim community for a very long time. I say that the power pivot is a tool for us to use because it creates that psychological safety for women. It's not something that I recommend for people who have a clear path to their goal. And that that's usually the case for, for us because we, we wanna do something, we wanna make a change, but we're just not sure how to go about it or what the first step or the second or even third step would be. So I say, use the power pivot. And the reason I like the power pivot in, in the language of use of the words pivot is because if you're familiar with sports, a pivot is basically when you, make small steps left, right, left, right, to get closer and closer to the goal, to your, to your, you know, to, to the, to score. You don't throw the basketball from the half court line. You don't throw the bat. You don't even throw it from the three pointer. Cause maybe you just don't have the skill. You don't have the resources. You're, you've never done it before. So what do you do? You pivot closer and closer and closer. And you try to fake out the person who's guarding you. So you can get the ball closer to the goal, closer to the, to the post. So that's a that's a sport in that analogy. And then when I look at the power pivot as how I I sort of put this together was using this to create using small steps but powerful steps to create to create that psychological safety to get you a little bit closer and a little bit closer to your goals. So I'll I'll just use myself as an example. I didn't leave the state of New Jersey and go work corporate overnight. I knew when I when I was pregnant with my daughter, with my second child, which was four years ago, before the pandemic, that I wanted to make a change in my life. I knew when I had my daughter, I had to make a change in my life. I still wasn't there yet. When I went on my, my maternity leaves, I used the opportunity to make some small changes in my life, test a, test a new job out, test a new environment out. Do I want to work remote? 
Do I want to work hybrid? Do I want to work from home completely? Do I want to go back to an office? And believe me, I spent that two years of the pandemic, not just testing out those environments, but testing out myself. What, what kind of personality do I have? Can I work from home? Because not everybody has that personality or that determination or that discipline to work from home um, because it is there are a lot of distractions there if you don't have the right setup with your kids with your spouse with your family with your even even with your physical space so there's all these small things that we look at when we want to make decisions so I say for those of you who want to make a change who and I don't necessarily like to use the word change I like to think of it as a transition we make different kinds of transitions at all points of our all points of our life and it does, it feels, it feels okay. It feels safer when you say, oh, I'm, I'm going through a transition and, and that's a lot safer and a lot more as, as we look at it as ourself accepting. So we motivate ourselves more. I think with that psychological safety behind us and also being able to make these small decisions after a few years. So I would say it took me three act, three years where I was actively, actively working towards laser focus, laser focus. And when I say laser focus, I'm not going to minimize the fact that I would spend two to three hours a night every day when my kids would be down sleeping, resting or whatever, trying to research the, the market, the work, the, the working situation for me that would be best for me and my family and connecting with people, applying to jobs, determining, you know, if this benefit would be better than the others, because it's not always just about the money when it comes to a job. You know, we were joking about this <laughs> the other day in, in um, the support circle that I was in at the mosque over in, um, in Parsippany, we were talking about health insurance. People make the majority of their decisions from their career. And I'm going to say, I'm not going to say people, I'm going to go back to this. I'm going to say it again, women. We make the majority of our decisions and our career based on benefits do we get health insurance for our family and not just health insurance is it a good one is it a good health insurance am i going to be paying paying every month for this and not get really great benefits in return what are the deductibles i mean we think about all these things you are you are my finance go-to person when i want to think about looking at all these different finances i think about what would dr simon do what would the mommy you know the the wealthy muslim mom do in her podcast to make these decisions and I know that you do a lot of calculations, you know, and that's what we, that's what we have to do on a, on a smaller scale. No, it's insane. And, and yes, oh my God, the burden that we have taken on as, as a woman, the roles that we play daily, there are so many studies that show that more than 90% of the household uh, activities, as well as working outside are carried on by women. So over the last decades, we have entered the workforce and we are working outside the houses, but yet our responsibilities at, at home have not really changed much. We are still the primary caretakers at home as well. Who's dropping off the kids? Who's picking up the kids? Who, you know, who's going to the parents-teacher meeting? Who is going to the extracurricular activities? Um, the cooking, the cleaning, the whole house management, and that takes a huge mental toll as well. And yes, the health insurance, that's one of the biggest expenses in this country and people declaring bankruptcy because of the healthcare cost coming on with it. 
And for me personally, yes, I made the decision on where I'm going to work based on the health insurance as well. On my last job, I was paying over $2,000 a month just in premiums. And <laughs> yeah, so insane. And even and still, it was not good. I was I still had to pay so much in deductibles and each test that if needed to get done, I still had to pay so much out of pocket. So that expense is huge. I'm glad you brought that up. But so tell me how, as a working mom, as a mom of three kids, especially as a baby, how can we make those changes and how can we have a balance when we're at home, when we're working and with ourselves as well. So we, we need to learn to prioritize ourselves as well. So how do how can we prioritize everybody and still be able to function as a unit, as, as a mom, as a working mom and at a house, as a wife, as, as and as ourselves? I think after after all these years of, you know, trying to figure it out, I wouldn't say that I have the 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 recipe, okay? <laughs> but but I have I have a few pieces that may help fit the puzzles together for you because because everybody's situation of course is unique. However, I think that I were to give one one piece of the puzzle that would be helpful and encouraging communicating and advocating for yourself. If you don't do it, nobody will. Nobody's going to come to you and say, you look like you had a long night. Would you like me to take the kids to school this morning for you? Nobody's going to do that. Unless you have communicated to your family members, your spouse, even if it's your 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 formal supports. And when I say formal supports, I could that could be a babysitter. That could be a daycare center. That could be your neighbor who has offered to give you, give, you know, to do a carpool, you have to be the driver of your dreams. You have to drive those dreams. Nobody's going to do it for you. Your your family members, your spouse, your relatives, your you know even your kids, they're not going to come to you and say, "Mom, that health insurance plan is is bogus. You need to fix that." Nobody's going to say that. You you are going to think about that and say, "I have to." I have to really work, rework this health insurance plan. This is not going to work for me. You have to drive that. So you, you have to decide what are your priorities? What is going to be the top of the priorities? Because everything's going to be a priority when you're a mom, you know, when you're a parent, when you're part of a family, you're that, you're that, you know, that driving force behind everything, but you have to be able to prioritize today. I have to get this done. This week, I need to prioritize this. This month, I need to get this done. And when I say prioritize, you're prioritizing yourself too. You have to include yourself. Nobody's going to prioritize you, but you. You have to advocate for yourself. And for you to be able to do that, it's very difficult because we were conditioned as women from a very young age. And I always talk about this in the Women in Leadership Network. We've been conditioned from a very young age to put ourselves last. Tell me one family, and I'm not going to name any names, Muslim, Middle Eastern, South Asian, Hispanic, even Americans. Yeah. Think that they don't, that these families don't discriminate based on culture or religion. No, every family does this. Women get conditioned to put yourself last. We have to change that. We have to change that mindset. We have to change that cycle. We have to break the pattern and we have to put ourselves in a priority. I'm not saying first, 
Okay, but putting yourself first as a prior and prioritizing yourself could look like so many different things because prioritizing yourself could mean better health for your children because you know that without being a healthy mom, your home life is good, could, could be upside down. Without being a healthy marriage, your home life could be, your kid's life is going to be upside down. Without your kids getting the, getting the resources that they need, your home is going to be upside down. So we have to decide, we have to determine, you know, what are, what are the priorities? We have to be emotionally intelligent enough, emotionally mature enough. We have to build ourselves. We have to build our trust in ourselves. We have to build our confidence in ourselves. Again, with that conditioning and having had, let's say, challenges along the way as a mom, as a mother, as a woman, having setbacks having disappointments, experiencing trauma, experiencing abuse, experiencing um, bad situations, we lose, we start to lose trust and confidence in ourselves over time. And then we start asking, questioning ourselves. And that's when the cycle of anxiety comes in. That's when the ruminating thoughts comes in. And that's when you start, you start to question the decisions you're making. That's why I go back to the power pivot. You're not going to make a decision, a big decision, and shoot that ball from the center, the 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 three pointer or the center court. You're going to make these small decisions, small choices that feel safe, that will help you to build up your trust again, build up your confidence again, and believe in yourself. You have that intuition deep inside of you. It's been buried. It's been buried because of all the experiences we've encountered. But you have to go back and believe in yourself. You know what you need to do. And when you start making those decisions again and building up your trust in yourself and believing in yourself and you start to see all the positive things that you're doing, you're like, I gotta be- I I got that. I know what I know what I need, but I really need to trust my intuition. How many times have you told yourself I d- I knew what I needed to do, but I didn't trust my intuition? Yeah. All the time. All the time all the time so the thing about the brain versus the intuition the brain is like a computer it only processes information that we give it it can't determine it can't determine intuition intuition is something is something that is is formulated from a young age based on all the experiences you have in your life even generations past generations and 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 you're probably like okay Jessica now what are where are you going with this so on September 24th, we're having a big event called the Bud and Bloom Mother Daughter Day Sunflower Festival. The theme, the topic, the theme that we're going to be discussing is intergenerational healing. And I and I mentioned this in our discussion because a lot of us have been making decisions based on generational DNA from a biological perspective. You're a doctor. You you probably, I'm sure you already know this. When women have daughters. They pass on their eggs three generations. Within those eggs, within that biology, we have a DNA composition. And within that DNA composition carries, it's not just, it's not just the biology, it carries all of our all of our experiences with us. So what we need to do is be intentional. How do we how do we resolve this? This is, you know, we're not scientists here. We're just moms. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just trying to resolve solve and be better um and you know how can we do this we need to break the cycle 
we need to break the patterns. We need to be intentional in, in raising our daughters to believe in themselves, to trust in their intuitions, to trust in themselves, always go back to their faith, always go back to their, their religion. I would tell you that every situation that I've been in, when I when I reverted back to what what is the foundations of Islam and the 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 culture of our religion, meaning may not necessarily be in the Quran, but the Prophet and you know his family exemplified these behaviors, I always know that I can't be wrong. So I, I use that as a as a compass, as a moral compass for the decisions that I make. And I'm using that to raise my daughters. And once I had my daughters, I knew that this mission is more important than ever. Oh, it's so important. We, we do carry the generational traumas and we do function from our prefrontal instead of functioning from our, our fears a lot of the time. And a lot of times it is something that we either you know, either passed on from through DNA or what we observed as growing up from our moms and our grandmothers, how they reacted, what they experienced, and it just carries on so much. Thank you for pointing that out. Also, I thought you, you do work with law of attraction as well. Please tell me about that. Everything, everything. Teach me how we can use the law of attraction to help guide us and make our decisions and our choices in our life. So a lot of people think the law of attraction is is sort of something where you where you send a message out into the uniform into the universe and it just magically comes back to you like a boomerang. Right. I have I have experienced it differently. My experience is the law of attraction works as much as you do. It only works as hard as you do. If you think you're going to open up your eyes in the morning and say, "World, God, universe, this is what I want." Yes, that is part of it. That is part of it because you are you are you're coaching yourself. You're telling yourself, you're you're putting that putting that into your heart and your soul. And all of this works together. The heart, the mind, the body, the soul, the fingers, the brain, all of this works together in conjunction, okay? When you but but the the, the return of investment and you understand this because you're a money you're you're a money person your financial guru, the return of investment is only so much as, as you, as, as you can put into it. If you only invest $10, how much are you going to get back? You're not going to get a lot, right? You invest a million dollars. Your return is going to be greater. God willing, hopefully, inshallah, you don't have a, you know, you don't have a loss, but the idea is your return of investment is only going to be as much as you invest in it and invest in yourself. When you work on yourself, you improve. When you work on your family, you improve. When you work on your career, you improve. So the law of attraction is, is not a ma- it's not a magical tool. People think, oh, I'm just gonna go on the universe and ask the universe. And you know, this there's a secret. You know, that book came out a few years ago, the secret, and people think that it's easy. It's probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do because you have to do the work. So what are the steps to the laws of attraction and creating that, creating that boomerang, right? arrow effect the arrow effect the way that i see it this is just my interpretation you have to be laser focused when you have that arrow close when let's say you've ever shot an arrow in your life you have to look at your target the most important thing is you have to see the target first and in order to see the target you have to know what the target is so the first step before you pick up that arrow is you have to know what is your goal that's the biggest part of the challenge of of what people are 
maybe not really understanding is you have to know what your goal is before you ask for it. If you just go out in the world and you say, I want to be rich. Okay. How are you going to be rich? What, where are you going to get this money from? It's not a magical solution, right? I just want to be rich. I want to be a billionaire. No. So when you, when you want to, when you want to create that, when you want to attract something to you, when you want to get, achieve your goals, you have to know your goal first. Okay. People say, I want to get married. That's a very broad goal. That's great. But why do you want to get married? I want to get married because I want to be stable. I want to feel safe. I want to feel secure. I want to be in a family. I want to have a family and I want to have children. And I, and I want to be, I want to, you know, post pictures on Instagram with my, with all my matching outfit. That that's, that's <laughs> me. I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> okay. But, but the goal is not the, not that I want to get married. You have to dig deeper and you have to get laser focused. The goal is I want to create a family. I want to look at a person that can create that family. So you have to back your way into your goals. All right. You can't just say, I want to get married. I want to, I want to find a husband. No, I want to be a mother. I well, you have to dig deeper. I want to be a, a wife. I want to find a, a person who also wants to be a husband and also wants to be a father and also wants to create family memories with matching, you know, matching outfits on the beach. So we can post them in on, on, on social media. You're not going to get, you're going to, what I could tell you is you're not going to attract what you want if you don't know what you want. So that's the first step. That's the first step, knowing what you want. You have to really dig down deeper. You have to really drill down and ask yourself, what is it that, that I want? And if I don't know what I want yet, you're, well, guess what you're going to do? You're going to go in a circle after circle after circle. You're going to go on on you're going to meet a person after person after person you're not going to find the person you're looking for because you don't know what you're looking for you're just looking for a husband it doesn't work this way okay so the focus knowing what you want knowing what your goal is very very crucial critical and most important part of of the law of attraction Number two, you have to get laser focused. When I say laser focused, I mean, you have to be intentional and you have to dedicate a tremendous amount of work, time, energy. When I, when, when I coach people in employment matters, meaning they come, they come and they say, I really want to change my job. I want to find a new job. I'm not happy at my job. I want to change my career or, you know, any of those things. I tell them before we embark on this journey, I want you to think about this. Finding a finding a job will be your new job. Finding a new job, changing your career will be your new career. You have to get ready to invest multiple multiple hours a day. When I people come to me they say, "Jessica, I've been looking for a job for a couple months now and I really haven't found anything." I say, "Okay, let me see your sent box." Open up your sent box. I want to see how many applications you you've been sending. I see like 5. I'm like five a day? No, no, five or six. I said that's that's not, that this that's the reason. You have to send five or six a day. You know, you have to send, you have to spend, and that's after you've you you've searched for several hours that day and only decided on I'm gonna apply for these. These are the five jobs that that look, you know, like they match my skill set. And these are out of those five jobs, these are these three jobs. I actually have the qualifications that they're asking for. And out of these three jobs, maybe one or two, 
you know, I'll actually apply to, but that takes time and energy. So, you know, I say that all these things, all of these things are an investment in yourself. So you're going to have to be intentional and you're going to have to be, you be ready emotionally, psychologically, physically, and have those networking sources around you to help support you because we do lose steam. We do lose steam after some time. And then we need to tap into our resources. We need to tap into our support systems. And those support systems, I look at those support systems two ways, natural and formal. Your natural support systems are going to be your family members, your spouse, your your best friends, your sisters, people who you know you can go to and they're going to be like, I got your back. If you need me to do something, if you want me to watch the kids while you go on an interview, they're there for you. But there are times when you need to really get even more laser focus, and then you need to get the formal supports behind you. Formal supports are executive coaching, job coaching, personal coaching, counseling. If you, you know, if you look at the broader scope, you might need financial, you know, financial counseling. There's so many different things that you're going to have to implement in formal supports to help you achieve your goals. You have to, I, when I started looking at how do I want to transition my career and, you know, make that change? I got every support possible. I reached out to everybody that I knew that was in corporate. I reached out to everybody that I knew that was already doing these jobs. I joined every every group on Facebook and I I researched and I investigated and I gathered and I and I read and I and I formulated and I, you know, and I just put all my resources together and I went forward with all those and I, and I just grabbed and I absorbed and you're probably thinking, God, Jessica, this sounds like too much work. Nobody wants to do this. But again, again, this wasn't overnight. We're talking about a long period of time that I invested and I, and I, but I had my mission, my mission. I always, when I got frustrated, when I got scared, when I got disappointed, when I got discouraged, or when I started to go in the wrong direction, I reverted back to my goal. What is my goal? What is my mission? My mission is I want to spend more time with my ki- with my kids. I want to have a better quality of life for my family. I want to have a work-life balance. So every time I started to go off in the wrong path or go in the wrong direction, or I'm not sure if this is right for me, I go back and say, is this, is this situation meeting my, meeting the, the goals, my, my mission, you know, is it, is it serving that purpose? And if it is keep moving forward, if it's not power pivot again and keep power pivoting until I get to my get to that goal yeah no thank you that these are really important points uh my first introduction to the law of attraction was the secret and it did make it sound like it's this magical thing that just happens and you just have to think it and you're sending this energy into the universe and the universe is going to send it back but I think it goes back to the Islamic concept of you you make your dua and you tie your camel too so, you know, when the Sahabi came to the Prophet I'm like, you know, should I make a dua or should I do this? And he said, you need to do both. So I feel like the law of attraction, the intention part is knowing what you want, really asking the questions, what is it you want and why you want that, as you pointed out. And then you have to put in the work to make it work. So that's the tying the camel part that comes into it. And, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he does promises us that he answers our duas and what we want, as long as we know what we want, as long as we have our own intentions clear, and then he does help us, but we, we do have to do the work that we can't avoid. It, it, it's part of the process. 
You know what, um, Saima, I am so glad that you brought this up. I absolutely love that analogy. It is something that re resonates very closely to me and also with Muslims because we do we do get conditioned our whole life as Muslims to say, you know, pray. Well, I have, I have, I'm, I'm feeling depressed. You're, what do people tell you in, in your immediate family, your natural supports? They tell you, okay, go make du'a, go make wudu. When you're angry, when you're upset, go make wudu, go make du'a, go pray. And all those things are, are helpful. They really are in that moment. But when you reflect back on how did you get in that situation from the first place? How can I even avoid being in this situation? That's like tying your camel. That's when the work is on you. You can't rely on the universe, God, all these, all these, you know, all these uh, sur surreal things to solve your problems. At the end of the day, you need to be responsible for your, uh, you need to be accountable for yourself. And one of the, you know, one of the really, I would say I was, I think I was like 17 or 18. Um, and my mom, who's a psychologist, she, she actually has a podcast too, which is, which is pretty awesome. But what is it called? Dr. Lisa's podcast. Oh, I'll look it up. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, look it up. She yeah. she gives some good she gives some really good um nuggets of of inspirational things every few weeks. But when I was like 17 or 18, she said to me, you know what, Jessica, you need to start taking accountability for the negative things that are going on in your life so that when something positive happens, you can take that, you can also take accountability for that. And that was like, I think a, a pivotal moment for me because I was like, you know, there's so many positive things that are going on and we never as women say like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. We minimize ourselves when something good is going on, you know? And we kind of focus, we kind of beat ourselves up when something something negative happens. But taking away from that was, you need to you need to be responsible for the negative so that you can change it. You need, you need to be responsible because you're the only person who can change it. And then you can be responsible and accountable for the positive. And then you can, you can, you can absorb that and, and use that positive to continuously motivate yourself to do more and more and more, because that positive outcome always feels good, right? Yeah. You know, it always feels good. You say, I made, I made, I, I made the right decision on that one. Alhamdulillah. Thank God, you know, God blessed me, but I also was part of that decision-making process. And you need, to, you need to take that, you need to take that into account so that you can keep building up, you know, building up your trust in yourself, building up your confidence in yourself and knowing that I made the decision right once I could do it again. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Now, this is, this is really important. And I'm, I'm so glad you do what you do and especially supporting the young generation, people who are coming into this and really looking for direction. So amazing. Thank you so much. Anything else you would like to add as points of encouragement, words of wisdom? I think I, I think I packed, I packed a lot in here. You did. <laughs> I love it. I don't want to overwhelm, uh, you know, overwhelm anybody, but um. What I will say is if this is something that resonates with you and, you know, you want to be surrounded by women, other women who are supporting you and encouraging you and building up, helping each other build up that confidence in ourselves again, I would say, take a look at the Women in Leadership Network at Waffle House. You're a member. You could, you could, you could always um, share your own experience, but we are in the infancy stages. 
but we're letting our members help drive, you know, drive the, the course mission. We are looking at every event that we go to and trying to take away what is needed. What is needed in our community at this time? And we had our last event back in June and, you know, you, you talked about how to be, how to become a millionaire. Was it how to become a millionaire by yeah. retirement? Yes, yeah. I think so. <laughs> and we, and I want to tell you, we had a lot of good feedback about that. We did a survey yeah. afterwards and a lot of people said that was really great information, really very helpful. Um, so, you know, we take our feedback from our last event and create our new, you know, the new theme, the new mission for our next event. And that's why we decided to do this Bud and Bloom Mother Daughter Day at the Sunflower Festival and talk about generational healing. Because who else, if not us as mothers, as parents, as wives, as, as professionals, as wearing all these different responsive holding all these different responsibilities on our on our heart to take on to take on that you know that intentionality of saying we're going to stop this cycle we're going to break the pattern we're going to create an, an environment for our daughters and our sons to grow up and not have to go through the same traumas that we did and condition themselves in a different way um, so like I said, if you are, if any of this is resonating with you, because these are vibrations, these vibrations are not for everybody. Some people are going to say, oh, this is, this is not for me. And I would say, when you feel that this resonates with you, this vibration is part of what is, is inside of you. And you're getting goosebumps when you hear some of these things, then you, then join our sisterhood, um, join our circles. We have we have remote Zoom circles, we have in-person circles, and um, we have our quarterly events, and we, we do mentoring and executive coaching. So that is really the foundation of our circle, of our of our network, is to create that mentoring, that mentoring relationship, create that sisterhood, and you know, just trying trying to trying to be better, trying to be better moms work working professionals friends sisters and of course professionals I said that working professionals that's that's like that's a big part of us you know how can we create that balance of being professionals or in the work world being emerging leaders and then also having that you know having that all of those responsibilities behind us so. yes and, and especially passing it on to our next generation and teaching them and making it easier for them we had to go through a lot to reach these points, but hopefully we can make it easier for our next generation and give them more pointers. So I'm really excited for the upcoming event too. I'll be coming with my kids and uh, my daughter, she's very mature. She's seven. The oldest one is seven, but she's very mature. So I'm sure she'll benefit a lot. So I can't wait to see you there as well. And all the other Wafa House ladies, I'm so excited. I got connected with you. Thank you so much for this podcast. Honestly, I'm, I'm I'm so glad that we did this. And thank you again. Yeah, thank you for having us. And again, like Wafa House has been in operation for 18 years. You can check us out on all the social media boards, wafahouse.org. You can type in Wafa House on Facebook, Instagram, and just check out what we're up to. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Saima. Thank you. Okay, awesome.